very important that we talk about things. Alright, good. Don't put your feet close to the... What? Don't put your feet close to the microphone. If you, like, tap your toes, it'll pick up. It's very sensitive. It's very sensitive. Like, don't tap it. Yeah, definitely don't it's tap it with sensitive. Legos, Dad. Don't tap the microphone. Alright. Uh, hello, everyone. It's time for another episode of Me, My Parents, and Liam Neeson. And uh, our silliness. And where we don't play with a microphone because audio fidelity is important to us. <laughs> I'm Daniel. In this high-tech yeah. studio of ours. Mm-hmm. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. All right. And this week, we had a couple options. We went for Les Miserables, or Les Mis, or The, Les... Mis- the Miserables. The Miserables. Yes. I. And it was not a miserable movie. It was not. No, I mean, I, it... this is a good one. I, I, I was really happy to not have uh, a movie where I felt like I had to have adult beverages to tolerate the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a lot Some of you out there in internet land May have seen this movie Or think you have Because this There are lots uh, of versions uh, The original novel Early end of the 1800s Right One of the most popular novels of the 19th century Right It gave uh, Mr. Dickens a run for his money Yeah But you know uh, of course this was in French So On the Wikipedia page they only there is a separate Wikipedia page for adaptations of Les Mis. Right on the main Les Mis page, it has notable examples, mm-hmm. beginning with the nineteen thirty five film, sure, starring Frederick March and Charles Lawton. Hmm. Charles Lawton is pretty well known. Yep, both of those guys are well known. Thirty seven radio adaptation. Guess who that did that? Orson Welles. It was Orson Welles. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> the guy who does radio adaptations of things. Boom. Mom. 1952 film. Yeah. 1958 film. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I, it's a yep. story that 1978 is television film. Yeah. 1980 musical, which we shall come back to in about one minute. Yeah. 1982 film. 1995 film. This film, 1998. 2000 TV miniseries. With Gerard Depardieu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. good. The 2007 TV anime. Um, no. <laughs> and the, the 2012 film of the musical with Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, and Anne Hathaway. Right. With uh, eight Academy Award nominations and win- three winnings. Uh, this movie did not get any of that, yeah. by the way. Yeah. 2003 man- Japanese manga and a 2018 TV miniseries. Is Lil- that on PBS? Starring Dominic West, David... Oyolo yes, yes. and Lily Collins. Uh-huh. Yeah. We watched that. That's on PBS, and that's worth watching. If yeah. you that was very well done, mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. In 1995, someone wrote a sequel. Oh. It's more a sequel to the musical than the original novel. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this, <laughs> I think this is an indu- uh, a story that can stand the test of time, obviously, yeah. because it's been adapted so many times and... And the story is so well known, mm-hmm. but it's it's that the basic story of um, forgiveness, mm-hmm. yeah, that is um, so uh, you know misunderstood and so powerful. So I had to track down a couple of uh, people from this to know what they were all about. I uh, Liam Neeson, we know. I uh, we know Liam Neeson. Jeffrey Rush. He was the tallest man in in Paris. He was the second tallest man in Paris, Paris because Andre the Giant. Yeah, but I. Uh, Good old Jeffrey Jeffrey Roy Rush AC. What's the AC for? Is that his? No, is he knighted. It's probably because he's been knighted in uh, Australia. He has the triple crown of acting, an Academy Award, a Primetime Emmy, and a Tony. Yeah. 
Uh, we would expect that. He's done many things. He's the first actor to win the Academy Award, BAFTA, Critics' Choice, Golden Globe, and Screen Actors Guild Award for a single performance. No kidding. In Shine in 1996. Wow. Wow. We almost have to see that. Boy. (laughs) Uh, AC is being knighted uh, by Australia's queen. well, that oh. would be the regular queen. The regular queen. Uh, yeah. Before, in 1975, Australians got a specific honor. Before that, they got British honors. Oh, okay. So then they would have been of the garter or whatever. Yeah. So he's... Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so he's kind of a big deal. He's in this one. But I think Jeffrey Rush is a big... I think yeah. he is a very, very good yeah. actor. Uh, Uma Thurman, also in this one. Uh, you've seen her in various things. The main one I remember is uh, she was in... Kill Bill. Well, she was in Kill Bill. <laughs> I, also re- I also recall Batman and Robin, unfortunately. Well, I think she... Because she's so thin, uh, it helps when, you, fiction as well. when you're playing a, you know, a sick and dying woman... To yeah. be that, you know, then she didn't have to lose any extra weight. Now, there's already skinny. plenty of people in this film. Near the end, we run into the boy. Yeah. Who has does. character traits other than being the first boy this teenage girl has ever seen. He does. I'm sure. Uh, this is the actor Hans Matheson. Okay. Now, you won't recognize the name because nope. we didn't care before. We didn't care before. Personally, I recognized him more immediately from the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes film, where he played uh, kind of a second-in-command to the bad guy, which huh. was I. That wasn't my favorite mm. he Sherlock also, adaptation. He also played a guy in the classic film Clash of the Titans. Ah. No. He was one of the dudes who made it all the way to the fight with the Medusa. And then totally got looked at, and he had a bad day. Oh my uh, gosh! So he was in that one, and went, uh, you're right. I don't remember that. Yeah, you did. I thought, Mom's not going to remember this at all. Don't worry. I found a second connection. Oh no! You mentioned there were a lot of Czech names at the end uh-huh, uh-huh. because this was filmed at Barandov Studios in Prague, right? And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what they're about. I. Uh, Often called the European Hollywood or Hollywood of the East. Sure, sure. It's the largest film place in the Czech Republic right, and right. one of the largest in Europe. Well, certainly in Eastern and Europe. And they are well known for interest in Western productions, such as the movies Mission Impossible, The Born Identity, Casino Royale, and Prince Caspian. And I went, hold on. Why, yes, it Prince was filmed there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's another connection. Yeah. Now, the last one... Uh, as far as interesting things, I went looking for production people mm-hmm. and seeing if we recognize anything. And not really. The director does a lot of foreign film stuff, mm-hmm. kind right. of as expected out of a European studio. Uh, the producer, this was the last movie he produced. Yeah. I didn't really think I was going to find a whole lot. And then I found the musical director, mm-hmm. composer, a Basil Polidurus. Or something like that. Or something like it. It looks like Polidorus. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, let's look at what this guy's done. His first known for is The Hunt for Red October. And I thought, oh, I recognize that one. Yeah. His ne- second known for is Robocop. <laughs> wow. And if you scroll a little bit farther, we see Conan the Barbarian and the 2014 Robocop. <laughs> wow. And oh, then we scroll a little farther and we see Starship Troopers 2012. Huh. Wow. So yeah, not exactly the same genre mm-hmm. of, as this film, but you know, 
recognize but there it. were good uh, uh, thematic melodies oh, yeah. that went with characters, and yeah. that was nice. It wasn't quite John Williams, but no, it was, it was good music. Right, right. All right, we've talked about, we've danced around this movie for long enough. The zero, zero to Neeson is zero. Zero. We get through the opening credits and... No, there were no... His hands were his shown, hands were I shown think, before, before... It might have been before his before name the was title. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before the title of the movie, which was first. And we don't know there is hands until later. Until later. Spoilers. Yeah. Well, or it could have been a hand model, yeah. but... He's also, I believe, the second person to speak, because the first person is someone poking him, telling him to get up. True, true. So he's the first actual character. Uh, this, it jumps around a bit, but it jumps around well enough. Right. Because well, we don't need to see intervening bits. Right. Well, and I know the story better, so I knew that there were pieces that were missing. Yep. But if you're going to have it be a th- theatrical-length film, you know, then you have to... A two-hour film instead of however long the miniseries was. Right. Well, then you got to cut things out. Mm-hmm. So, but I think they did a fairly good job of uh, getting you up to speed without it being a super monologue every time to give you all the details. Yeah. They had a couple of flashbacks here and there that were meaningful. Right, to right that helped the dots, if you will. Yeah, they did a good job. I mentioned in this that of making Jeffrey Rush a bad guy and making it feel like he earned his badness. It was it was a slow development of we don't like this character. Yes. It's very mm-hmm. easy to have someone you know uh, if we're thinking about like Die Hard. You right. walk into Nakatomi Tower, yeah, and you shoot a couple civilians, and you're like, boom, we do not like this person. Right, exactly. You don't. We don't know anything about their character. All we know is we don't like them. Jeffrey Rush, we got to understand his character a little bit, and as we did, we went, oh, 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 no. Yes, we we yeah. groaned a little until harder. well into the movie, he slaps a nice innocent young lady. Yeah, and he just kind of go, okay. There's something He's wrong. a bad no, man. He's really he is bad. a bad guy. <laughs> and everyone around him that doesn't directly work for him recognizes it. No, even the guy who directly worked for him, his underling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, That's he also right. he, he also worked for the mayor. It's like the guard the guard guys didn't work for the mayor; they just worked for him. Right. Right. But still, I uh, so at the start, there's basically three characters, and everyone else kind of revolves around them. Mm-hmm. There's the mayor, who is. Uh, Liam Neeson, who we saw at the beginning as not a mayor. Right. He was... He's a changed man. He was a changed man. He was a... He's given a, a second chance. Yeah. He's He's been forgiven. Yeah. He's get, he He's get been it. forgiven by every person that he talks to that knows about him. And people that don't know about him don't care because he's a great guy. Because he's just nice. And then there's... And he's a hard worker. Yeah. How, how do you pronounce the... Javert? Gervais. Gervais? Mm-hmm. Javert? Javert. Javert. Gervais is your Ricky Javert. Gervais is a different person. Javert. I think that's a different person. Javert, uh, Jeffrey Rush's character, is the only person in the entirety of France that has not forgotten. <laughs> the only one. And he is miserable with revenge. Yes. He sees him and goes, I saw you once. You were supposed to talk to your parole officer one time. You didn't do it. I'm going to come for you. And I'm going to keep coming. Yeah. And everyone around him goes, You're. But no, stop. One, you're crazy. Two, stop. Yeah, and he doesn't stop. And the third character is Uma Thurman's character, who is the biggest sob story. I mean, 
not to denigrate her character, but the biggest sob story we could throw at a nice character like Jean Paul Jean. Right. But, just... I, but I think that's the contrast. You know, these are all people who desperately need forgiveness and they need a second chance in life. Yeah. And just when you think the second chance is within reach, uh, you know, the inspector comes along and slaps you. Yep. No more second chance for you. And he keeps, or you die. Yeah. yeah. And so... <laughs> or you die. Okay. And, you get sick and die. And At least she didn't die of, of syphilis. At least she died of pneumonia. We don't know yeah. what she no, died No, she... It, her her lungs were pneumonia. full. Pneumonia. So she allowed us to get a really good look at which one of these characters is the good guy and which one is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And the good guy is the criminal and the bad guy is the police officer. Yeah. So... Once that's established, we kind of don't need it established too much more. Mm-hmm. And it, they, it stops being police officer, criminal at that point. It starts just being these two guys. Right. Their connections in the world stop being important, basically, right. at that point. Which is fine. We are already established. We don't mm-hmm. need a hammer at home. I'm the law. You need to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But he goes on the run a lot. He runs. It's the story. He, he gets her the kid. That he way. gets her kid. And goes on the run and sneaks into a place where he has conveniently planted a guy that used to work in his town. Not purposely not for purposely. that. Not for that purpose. No, but, but it turns out to be highly convenient that yeah. he had done so. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the storytelling thing. Is yeah. that things, oh, wait, something that happened early on yeah. becomes super convenient. Chekhov's in injured old man. It becomes really important in the middle of the story. Yeah. But I think we continue to care about the characters and want them to succeed and want them to have a happy life. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Miserable keeps showing up and wanting to put, you know, put him in jail. Something I found interesting about the ending part is, and I, did, I also had to look this up too to make sure, that the thing what happened with the revolution was actually a thing what happened in France. I had to look it up. It's, the June Rebellion, and it looks like it didn't go well for the rebels. No, uh, no, they tried, but and, it was. But this was. It was written yep. at about this time, yep. so uh, it was the, very the much contemporary of history. Was a fiction. real funeral, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. Uh-huh. it was really. Then that was the thing that sparked it off. Uh, Liam Neeson and Jeffrey Rush are still going at each other. Well, one's going at the other, and the other is just trying to live. Darn it. And neither of them care about the revolution. The revolution's just happening in the background. They are both very concerned about the this young man who is the head, as it were, of this, at least this pocket, if not the entire revolution. And neither of them care about him because of the revolution. Right. They couldn't give two craps if this guy was the head of the revolution or not. They're after him because Liam Neeson wants to protect him because his... Adopted daughter is Goo Goo Gaga for this guy, right? But I and think he becomes a a a kind of a a go between for the character. He, he is, but again, he has so much significance to the city of Paris. Paris is not a small city; it is a place where important things happen. Right. He is integral to the survival of the city. It's kind of basically laid out, and the main characters of this movie don't care. Well, I don't mm-hmm. know that that's true. It's just that that's not part of this it's story. It's not part of the story. The The reason why they are going at each other and why this third this young man is involved 
is not because he is a revolutionary. Right. He is involved because of who he is, you know, well, because French he, kissing. He's, because he's the connection point. Yeah. And the fact that a revolution is happening is not important to the story, which is bonkers because revolutionaries are great usually things that's to add the into story. story. Well, yeah. usually that's the story. Yeah. But I think that's what makes this also uh, a story that it continues to be told because there are the elements of of truth, of history, that are background. Yep. Yeah, besides the fact, that. like you say, that revolution seemed background, but a revolution, a political revolution, is a significant thing. And there were people getting and shot. And so... They shot a kid. And so it, it was almost a subplot to the yeah. primary plot. Right. But because a revolution is such a significant thing, it was a notable subplot that you kind of want to pay attention to because yeah. it's a big deal. What's but, going on? Okay, well then let's go, you know, to the the ether land of analysis. So then we have this subplot that is political revolution. So do you think that what was happening with uh, the Jean Valjean character is is he doing you know it's a revelation of the heart revolution, revolution. of the heart I mean in that that he's doing something so radical he's trying to live in such a radical way that it is disturbing the status quo of this one other guy of this <laughs> uh, of this other guy of the the um, the establishment to to be able to forgive people to be able to um, provide coats for children and food for hungry people to provide jobs yeah. for people and, th- who don't deserve jobs. And he would that do, this is radical thinking. And he would do kind things over and over again and it yeah. never stuck. Well, because this because the establishment would come in and say, well, well no, you can't do that. Yeah. You must be a bad person. Yeah. You broke a rule. I'm like, yeah, but I said I was sorry to all this other stuff. I've been a right. good person. Like, yeah, but you broke a rule. Right. Uh, mm. As as a teacher man who has to talk to kids who break rules, <laughs> if they break a rule and then they shape up and they do rest, I don't care. They right. are good being good kids now. If right. they break a ton of rules, yeah, I'm gonna you know hound them. Like this is a perfectly warranted response. If this guy had skipped his parole and then you know I don't know started his own prison with blackjack and hookers, I don't know. But I think that. When this, when the book was written, the uh, this you know this was also a a revolutionary idea in in the realm of how do we treat people? Yes, you know, with the mm. backdrop of the political revolution happening, and then so then there's symbolism. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Hmm. Hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I'm wearing gopher gear. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I think we need to discuss the meter. Well, your dad thought there was some peril in this movie. Well, there definitely was in the end. Hey, you know what? The guy has his gun trained on you yeah. for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. I mean, several times. It wasn't, there wasn't, you know. there was not a lot of physical harm peril in this film for him. There was a lot of, threat. someone is coming for you. Yeah, there was threat. But the threats were always, you're going to go to prison, not we're going to kill you. Maybe or having to live up. in the convent for but, ten years. But the prison yeah, was but a pretty yeah, bad he, place. He chose to live in the convent. But that wasn't peril. That was not peril. 
They did. <laughs> it was being funny, but they did not. This this particular adaptation does not give us um, very many scenes in the prison. No, not at all. Correct. But there was a scene where the guards were pummeling him with Kicking gun butts and, stuff. and yeah. stuff like that. Right. I mean, hey, right. sorry, but this this was not a good place to be. Right. But I think that that was because it was times. a flashback. It didn't make it seem like the Liam Neeson character was in peril at, in the movie. You know, that was yeah. in his mind. It was a. It's in the past. All right, he was in peril in the movie because it was a scene in the movie. Oh well, I guess I don't see it that way. Agreed to disagree. Just because it was a flashback. Yeah. Also, he wasn't. In, also, he wasn't <laughs> in peril then. He was just moving heavy rocks. He was not and being beat up. No, he got kicked. Oh, okay. kicked and beat. Oh yeah, you're right. That one time. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Well, the one time that we saw. Yeah, but that's all that matters. But that's all that matters. And that's all you implied can Implied peril is not peril, Ben. We've talked about this. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That we have talked about. <laughs> implied peril. Maybe he's probably. We've talked about implied peril. Droll. That's true. We, we have. skipped 19 years of showing this. He was probably beat up at least once in there. Let's count it. <laughs> that kind of thing. No, we can't do that. But he's a big, strong man. Yeah. In... I was going to go somewhere in like the three to four range, just from what's yeah. actually shown and how severe it is. Yeah, I'm, me too. I was going to say three. All right, three it is. Three it is. Easy enough. Woo! All right. Uh, tune in next week. We are getting a line on too much movie all at once. I don't think we'll watch uh, Schindler's List next week because it's a movie about some guy who's giving jobs to people who really need it. So it's, it's a very similar film. <laughs> Wait, I think all it the films similar are similar and yeah. really not similar. But yeah. but and then I, there's going to be a period where I'm not here, so that's going to make the podcast difficult. And then there's going to be time when I'm not here. Yeah, and that won't make the podcast difficult. We'll figure something out. No, we'll watch more shooting movies when you're not here. Woohoo! <laughs> you got to get those out of there the way. There must be more shooting. There's probably movies. another Scorsese movie. There must be more shooting. <laughs> movies. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.